listening to County Live with me, Martin Johnston, over here. Me, Chris Ridgway, over here. Chris, we were just talking on the way up the stairs. We don't really have a lot to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> because, unfortunately, um, that's the, the cup run over. And it was a very straightforward game. Would you say that, uh, would you go as far as to say County didn't turn up? Probably not as far as to say we didn't turn up. I think there were chances and I think if an early penalty is given, then it's a completely different game. And for the, for the, for the benefit of those who weren't watching on BT Sport, it was a stonewall penalty. I'm not really sure how the referee hasn't given it. And at nil-nil, if you go 1-0 up, it's a different game. And then we should have had another penalty in the second half or another handball that's not given. And then it's even then it's 2-1 and 10 minutes left, he tails up, so on and so forth. So I wouldn't say we didn't show up. There's, there's, we've seen worse performances over the history of, of football. But, um, yeah, unfortunately, it does make for not the best of hashtag content weeks when we're saying right at the top of the show... Well, you know, um, we got beat in the Cups, that's the Cup run over. Um, the, the, the new boys didn't really have much of a chance. One of them didn't come off the bench and one of them didn't really get into the game. <sighs> Unfortunately, County have got a bit of work to do. Just on, on the penalty shouts, it is bizarre, really. Um, I watched them back on YouTube. That We look at Premier League, you look at VAR, the rule is very, very clear now. And to to look at those two, okay, they don't have the benefit of VAR, but to look at those two, you know that I'm not going to say under VAR or under a better refereeing system that on on let's say on another day those are penalties. The the first one for me is absolutely inexcusable. The second one is frustrating when it doesn't go your way, but you know it is what it is. But the first one and and Jim Gannon kind of. Uh, Enlightened, enlightened us to a little bit of what goes on on the touchline when that happened. The referee was saying he didn't feel it was an unnatural position or he didn't feel it hindered him or whatever he said. He gave some reason about why he didn't chose not to give it. Whereas the fourth official said he kept his arms by his side. So the referee and the fourth official have given two different kind of reasons as to why it's not been given. They're not even on the same page. Now, we saw before the game when we were setting up radio gear and, and whatever else, we saw the refs doing what refs should do when they have earpieces. They go to, there's, there's four of them, the fourth official, two liners uh, and the ref. And they all go, they're, they're all like doing warm-ups and they go to different parts of the pitch to make sure the mics are, are clear enough and can we hear each other working, you know, hear each other talking and, and whatever else. So there's there's clearly nothing wrong with the technology within them. Um I it just it's ridiculous, but the game county didn't do enough. We I, I don't want to sit here and have everybody saying, "Oh, he's just he, he blaming it on the refs or whatever." Because we're not. It was a, it, it wasn't a great performance from county, and although they huffed and puffed uh, on occasion, York City. I said during commentary, it's almost like deja vu. Um, last season that was county. Um, okay, we weren't smashing the league by this point like York City are, but the fact that. We were taking on teams from the division above. We had the belief, and with good reason, that we could beat that team from the division above, um, even two divisions in in cases last year with County. So um, York County didn't <coughs> County didn't not turn up, but York definitely I felt wanted it more. They wanted those tackles more. They wanted um, all the rest of it, and that 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 showed in the performance much to the same way it showed with County last season. The final bit of misery, of course, is the, the red card to Joel Easley in the last few minutes, which Jim Jim said he didn't 
disagree with the ref. He wasn't going to, you know, go go at the ref for that particular incident. Personally, I would. I thought it was a very poor decision, very poorly managed by the ref. When when these incidents happen, uh, and you see it on, you mentioned match of the day and, and Premier League and whatever else. When that happens at any level of football, when a tackle goes in, it's so hard and so deliberate and so everything else, and tensions are flaring very, very quickly. If it's that obvious, the referee is well known that to calm that situation down, he will brandish a card quickly to say, I've dealt with it, we need to move on. Players are less likely to get up in each other's faces if they know a player has already been booked or already sent off. The ref didn't do that. He took a few steps back, he was waiting for it all to calm down, which it clearly wasn't going to happen quickly, you know, those players grabbing each other and whatever else. So for him to wait all that time, then brandish a red card, that to me says he's, has he played up to the cameras a little bit? Has he, um, you know, has he let, has he been peer pressured into it by the reaction of the York City players? Don't get me wrong, it wasn't a great tackle from Joe, but didn't warrant a straight red, uh, in, in my opinion. But um, again, it's not on the ref, it's on a very, very good York City team and a Stockport County team that are just in a poor run of form at the moment. Yeah, it was a good ta- good time for, probably for York to play County. We talked about York and their strengths uh, in the last show, and you know how about, about how this combined squad they've got the best of two good sides there, and as you say, they're on a roll. And with the kind of form at County, and probably was a really good time for for York and being at home and everything like that. So, so to come away, you know, having put in, you know, not a bad performance, as you say, bit of often puffed. And you know, but only going down to two goals, but still having chances. Not the end of the world, especially as now we can get back to concentrating on more important matters. We love a good cliche. <laughs> concentrating on the league is, uh, you know, there is still the FA Trophy, and there is, of course, the Cheshire Senior Cup, which, as I will be the assistant manager for one of the games this season in the Cheshire Senior Cup, I would say is probably the most important competition uh, that we're in this season. But, um, yeah, well, we we did say last last week, you know, that um, York had taken certain players from from certain clubs up in the northeast, and my word, Dan Maguire was probably the difference. Okay, he didn't get a goal to his name, but he's just a terrifying player to play against. If you're if you're a defender, if you're a midfielder, you know he's going to drop deep. You know he's going to he's going to carry the ball. He's so fast. They call him Nipper because he's he's tiny, but he's just so fast. And um, you know he he's a player that probably should be playing at higher levels, certainly than the north. Um, probably will be doing if he sticks around with York next season. I can't see them staying down now after the start they've had. So um, you know he was probably the danger man. He was probably the the, the difference between the two teams. Sean Newton, of course, County know well. Pops up, gets a couple of goals. Um, good player, always rated him really. He came. He he was at County at a bad time when there was a lot of players given giving the club a bad name and although he was in that crop I didn't feel like he was one of those um, so York will go on York will do well um, you know there'll be a keen eye on, on how they do this season um, but for us yeah we, we've got a, we, the concentration on, on more important matters if you like starts this weekend I was saying to John on the commentary when you begin in this division, when you get promoted to certain teams, you look out for you look out for Chesterfield, you look out for Hartlepool, you look out for Knotts um, County. When are we going to play them? When are we going to play them? The, the, the bigger teams in the division, so to speak. Dover are not one of the bigger teams in the division, but they're interesting because it's so far away. So maybe this weekend will serve as a little reminder of what we've done, 
um, how we, you know, where we are as a club and and where we deserve to be. And I think um, I think hopefully that will inject a little bit of much needed uh, urgency, adrenaline, and life, you know, into those players. Well, let's hear your interview now, Chris, with Jim Gannon about recap on the York game and the trip to Dover. Jim, it's a it's a Wednesday evening this evening rather than um, Thursday, but still usual routine to pick up. We'll start from the last game. York City away, dust has settled. There was penalty appeals, but ultimately County are out the cup. Just give us your thoughts on it. Um, I was disappointed with us. I was impressed with York. Um, obviously, I'd, I'd watched a lot of their videos and seen their record, um, and they've definitely stepped up a notch from last season. Um, I think when we played them at Edgley Park last game, I think which was Steve Watson's first game, they tried to play a shape. They didn't look like they were used to it. They didn't look like they were fit sides. Um, and he certainly look, he's transformed them in terms of uh, he's got a, a good way of playing, which is really solid. He's got hard-working players to make the shape, uh, still create goals. I um, was really impressed with them. Um, I think it was always going to be a game where it was going to be tight and critical moments could define it, especially the first goal. Um, perhaps if we had got the handball, took the penalty, um, it would have given us a little bit of a boost, um, like the first goal against Hartlepool. Um, but I think once we didn't get that and they got the first goal, we looked like a team that didn't know how to react really well to that. And then bang, second goal. And then you know it's, um, I'm looking across the pitch and looking for character and grit and players that are going to get us into the, to the game. Try my best to change the formation at half-time, introduce... I thought the lads did OK second half and had a goal. We had opportunities to get that goal that would have maybe given us an emotional lift and given us a chance to make a, a good fist of the last 15 to 20 minutes. Um, I think it was, it looked doubtful we'd get into the game even when I made the final two substitutions. Gave them 15 minutes to show something, but we looked, we didn't look as strong. We didn't look as forceful. Um, and truth be told, I, th- I think they rolled out the last 10 minutes quite comfortable. Um, albeit if Nile had a great chance, and if he had taken that, but... Ifs, buts, and maybes. I mean, ultimately, I've said it consistently throughout the last six, seven weeks. Um, take your chances, um, get the opening goal, give yourself something to hold on to. We'll win games. Uh, if you don't take your chances, let the opposition get one up on you. You're going to find it difficult, and you're in for a hard day's work. And and um, that certainly was the case against York. We've got a few new players in on loan. You, you've mentioned there you were looking for players, looking for characters, looking for people to stand up and and grab the game. When you when you look across the team and you, you look across the squad, do you look to, first and foremost, you look to the players who were there last season, who are your players, or do you look to the loanies that you've brought it, brought in to raise the game, or is it, or is it everybody, is it a collective effort? I think it's a collective one. I think there's a, there's a lot of character from Ben Hinchcliffe across the back four, even Young Fester's got character, Ash, Kino, Sam Minahan, Paul Turnbull, Sam, uh, Sam Walker. Um, you look at them players and you think, well, They've got a lot about them. They were they were part of the the reason and the culture and the professionalism. They got so many results last year. Um, you're looking for the spark from the other players. You're not exactly looking for leadership from Joe Leesley or Tom Walker or Devante or Narbo, but you're looking for a spark. You're looking for an impact, a, a certain drive that will say, oh, I'm up for this game. We're on TV. I want to be in the FA Cup next round. I'm going to make something happen. I'm going to take the game by the scruff of the neck. Tom did that against Hartlepool. Uh, and unfortunately, we didn't have that key player to do it in this game. Um, when you go behind, uh, uh, I sort of mentioned this to the lads in the changing room afterwards, and I mentioned this to the kids when they, they got a, a good lesson against Hartlepool. Um, 
The circumstances of a game can challenge you in terms of winning it, but more importantly, what I'm looking for is how to challenge your character and how you react to being behind. What's your body language like? Do you let your performance drop? And, and that was the one thing that I measured with, that I came away from the game and was measuring with a lot of our players is that when the game was going away from us, how many of them maintained their standard, maintained their energy, maintained their confidence? Um, because if they're going to rely on being ahead in games, to get the best out of themselves, then I think they're not going to be as good of professionals as the players who, no matter what the score, no matter what the state of the game, if they're winning 5-0 or losing 5-0, they still play with the same effectiveness as possible. And I think um, that's what, I know there's certain players that, that have got that character that they'll just keep doing what they need to do and keep doing things to the best of their ability no matter what. And that's, um, it's not character, that's professionalism. That's like, no matter what the circumstances I'm doing I'm the best for the team. I'm, I'm getting the best out of myself and I'm not letting anything uh, be an excuse or distract me from what I need to do, which is deliver what my game's about. Well, with that being said then, the character is not something like fitness or team shape or something that you can work on per se. How do you, you galvanise that? How do you look at those players and say, I need you to work on that? How does that come about? Um, I think um, that's a difficult question to answer. It comes from how you're brought up, your life experiences, how resilient you are to to the the tough world that life is and the tough world that football is. Um, you know, we've, I've been on so many courses and is resilience hereditary? Is it can it be trained? Do you learn from experience? Um, but the bottom line is, is it you know from when you look across at our team, we you know it's. It's hard to come across people who are winners. It's hard to come across genuine competitors who hate losing. Um, I see it in my kids who hate losing games, but I see people nowadays they're being brought up in an era of can't be criticised, they don't lose. There's no winners or losers in the playground nowadays or in sports things. And They grow up with a, a non-plus mentality to winning or losing. Um, the whole academy thing's about development, it's not about winning or losing. And I think the culture can sometimes create an environment where people don't know what it's like to win or lose and what it feels like. Um, the, the question for our players really is that we, we, we know we've got players that have shown the qualities and the character um, to get that edge over other teams and get us from mid-table to playoffs to top of the league. Um, and we need that character now to get us from wherever we are now. Because if you look at the next four games, um, tough fixtures, um, but we could be, if we go about our business very professionally, the next two away games, give ourselves two home games where if we show the sort of character and positivity that we did against Hartlepool, we could easily be step, stepping into the playoffs. But... If we don't show that character, we've got a tough tough uh, couple of months ahead as we try to stay above that trapdoor. Let's talk about the games coming up, specifically Dover. I was speaking to Martin for the other half of this podcast and I was saying, hopefully Dover in itself, the game in itself, provides a little bit of a spark. And the, the reason I picked Dover away to do that, it's not the most glamorous of ties, if, if we're honest, but respectful. <clears throat> when the fixture list comes out, you look for... Hartlepool, you look for Chesterfield, you look for Wrexham, these teams, when are we playing Notts County home and away? One of the talking points, though, is always going to be Dover away, because it's so far, because it's something we're not used to. Do you think that it's this fixture, do you think that might spark something in that players were here last season, this is what we won the league for, games like this. Okay, it's not a glamorous place to go, but we wanted this trip to Dover because it meant we were going up a level. Is that a way of looking at it? 
Complicated question because there's a lot of things there. I think the Wrexham away, the Hartlepool home, the Notts County way, they look after themselves in certain regards in terms of travel. They're, they're easier, they're manageable. Um, the atmosphere is going to be there. I think what we look at um, is Dover away, um, uh, Bromley on a Tuesday night away after that. And, and these are the things that kind of we wouldn't be used to. And these are the things that you, you, you kind of like look to plan around to make sure they don't affect you. Um, and, and, and I think one of the things we've had to do this season and uh, I've had to take a lot more responsibility for this in terms of the planning, the preparation, the travel, the hotels and how do we, we get to games, what we eat and when we eat, um, trying to manage. Uh, we're going to look at a few things for Bromley that might allow the lads to have a little bit more of a rest on the way down. Um, we've got to just do things as professionally as we can to make sure that when the players step out on the pitch that uh, the travel uh, or any fatigue associated with that uh, isn't a factor. Um, we do things in training where we, I, I'd like to think that we, we've got them as physically fit as possible. We maintain a fitness level that allows them to play game after game without getting injured. Um, we look after them in terms of nutrition. Uh, we give them all the game analysis stuff so they can have a look at their own performance and learn from it. And they can have a look at the opposition and learn from that. We give them every tool. Um, we try it in training to give them all the hits, tick all the boxes of what they need physically within the three sessions that we might have in a week. Um, again, and then also give them the strengths and weaknesses of the opposition, what our strengths are, what our weaknesses are, how to exploit, how to protect. And then you trust that when they go out, that the lads take some of that information and make it count uh, on top of their own individual qualities. Um, you know, I can't take credit for some of the goals we've scored because they've just been players' instinct and improvisation and quality. Um, but what you need to rely on uh, for most of the game is your structure, your organisation, your work rate, your fitness. Um, communicate with each other, making sure that you get the best out of yourself and your team around you and that you make it hard for the opposition, opposition and you give the best quality to the players up front and the players up front work really hard that the quality coming down the pitch is poor and the lads can deal with it. So, simple game but complicated. Um, but yeah, we've, we've tried to do everything as professionally as possible. It worked really well for us last year and we were perhaps in terms of professionalism and structure and fitness, a couple above most of the teams last year. But we got to respect that every team at this level is probably as professional as us, fit. They brought, they've got budgets that can bring in the quality. So it's a, it's a different league. And what we've got to do is not lament where we're at and what we are, but take the challenge right on the chin and just keep working hard to make sure that we, um, that we punch above a weight for what we are. And if we do that, then we should be proud of what we achieved this season. A lot of miles to eat up over the next two games. Let's speak about Dover and Bromley. Um, starting with Dover, what threats do they have? What can we expect to see them on the pitch? What 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 do you fear? What do you see? Just tell us about Dover and Bromley. Well, I, I, you know, I mean, this isn't a slight on Dover or anything, but I, I've you know I've heard commentators and pundits talking about being fairly direct. Um, whether that's true or not, I don't know, but. Um, They've obviously got F. Young up front, who's a powerful player, real pace and power. He's a focal point for them. Um, but like every team, they've got uh, a solid base within the team, a lot of experience at this level, uh, a good experienced manager. Um, they've got their own brand. Um, they'll be like every team you expect down south, um, 
hardworking, solid, professional, having a threat from set plays because of the physicality and the quality. Um, tough game, um, as tough as Boreham Wood and Sutton and all the other games that we're going to face. And, um, and and again, I would expect, you know, typically within a, play, a, a team with that extreme to have a great home record and, you know, or a stronger home record than away record because there is a massive difference between hosting teams from the north and travelling to the north for games. And um, it's a tough game, but and so will Bromley be. Um, and it's a real challenge to the professionals and my players um, in terms of making sure that they're bang on for both games, got the right energy, right, right, right recovery and, and the right sort of tools to go about winning the game. If we can get um, solid performances in them, then we can look forward with excitement and optimism and positivity for the two home games that are coming. And although we're not in the FA Cup and we all would like to be involved in that, we've got a chance. I'd like to think that if we can put the gauntlet down to the lads to be professional for the next three games, we could be going to the Dagenham game, looking to push into the top 10 or even the top seven. And that would be an incredible statement of, um, of us recovering and growing and looking like a team that's going to have a, a really competitive season this year. Stockport County's players then going into the next two games. You spoke about the mental side of things. Physically, how are your squad looking? Just clarify, it's three games we don't have Joe Leasley for. Physically, the rest of the lads okay? Yeah, um, everybody's fine. Um, yeah, Connor's had a, a bit of an up and down couple of weeks with illness and little niggles that perhaps are, are due to do with check, training while he's fatigued. Um, but, you know, everybody's been spot on. Um uh, you know, we've been monitoring the figures from the games. Um, you can see the, the physical qualities of certain players starting to come through. Um, I'm really impressed with Tyler Garrett's figures, how they've gone. I think, I know a lot of our fans are thinking, why have we got a left-back on the bench when we've got uh, Joel Leasy playing out of position? I think Joel was perfect as a wing-back against Hartlepool and what we tried to achieve on Saturday. But I think uh, Tyler Garrett's gave Tyler Garrett an extra week to get fit, to get to know the players, get to know the culture, to, to mix in with everybody. So, um, and with having him and Ben Jackson, we've got two suitable replacements for um, for Joel Easley um, for the next three games. Um, I think we've just got to find uh, the right structure to get our best players in, um, but keep it simple, keep it solid, uh, keep a threat. Um, and keep the best players in a position where they can make something happen and uh, that, that'd be the simplicity of what we're doing this week Just finally there's there's a, like we said, a lot of miles to go over the next two games there are going to be a considerable number of fans who make the trip come back make the trip again there's some who are staying down there for the double header what message would you pass on to those guys who are showing their colours the next two games? Well I, I think you know, when you consider that enthusiasm of cost they go to to go to these games, they're, they're obviously embracing the newness of the national, and and the it's, you know what 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 we we as players and staff. I mean, despite being all over Ireland, Scotland, and England, and all levels of football, and enjoying some great places to play football, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing the the Dovers and the Bromleys and and the other side of it. And I think we're modest and respectful enough to to go to places, new places. It's like Maidstone last year. I kind of made me league debut at Maidstone, the old Maidstone, and uh, it was different going back to Maidstone, the new Maidstone and the plastic pitch. But that's the generation change. Um, but yeah, I think our fans are excited about. Uh, new places um, and I think um, you know again, again the last two games is hard to judge us um, people have seen some 
things to get excited about on Wednesday night and then disappointment of the missing game and then disappointment on Saturday against short but I think um, I think our fans know that they're going to see a team that's going to put in a good effort and they're going to enjoy themselves and hopefully we give them something to shout about um, because it is a long way to go but um, it, hopefully it's a, a first and special experience at both these grounds Big week uh, big week, big two games to come Jim all the very best Thanks so much So Chris Dover, it's nearly in France, but before <laughs> before we uh, we start thinking about Dover, just uh, one last look back at York. Who was your player of the week? Who who managed to put in a good performance there for you? Um, yeah, I love the saying you can get to France. Um, I, th- I think it's it's no surprise that we'll say this, and uh, it's not us trying to build something up that isn't there, but Festus. Is a, is a player that's just coming along so healthily. Um, he's he's going from strength to strength, and he's now embedded himself in that team. Where I I genuinely believe, if you were to take him out of the team, you you potentially weaken in it. He's he's come he's come along that 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 far now. Um, is there still work to be done? Yes, of course there is. Um, but was he probably County's best player on Saturday? Uh, yeah, I think he was. A little bit of harsh criticism. At him for one of the goals it seems to have deflected off him, but I don't really think you can ask much more of a, a defender in his position, a young lad coming through the ranks. I don't think you can ask much more of him. Uh, if anything, he's gone above and beyond. So for me, Festus is the man this week. Yeah, Festus is quite clear. We talked about him last week, and you know, as we said, he might not keep his place the whole season, but at the moment, he's getting better and better, and you can't ask for for more than that. So in terms of Dover, then um, when you do get there eventually, who will you be keeping an eye on? Who's the well, one to watch? Well, if you're if you're the gaffer, if you're the gaffer this week, I, I don't even know what team you pick. I was looking at the the list of players that we have there, you know, in the arsenal, in the reserves that, that, that we can you know dip into from from the bench. You look at the likes of Elliot Osborne, Conor DeMeo, Frank Mulhern. You know, do, do these players? Is it them that we turn to now and say, you know, we need something digging out? Do you look at your new boys, Tom Walker and say, and Devante Rodney and say, okay? We brought you guys in. Tom looked electric against um, Hartlepool. It showed spells of it against York. Now we need you to deliver. Um, do you look at Festus do you, you know, and, and Ash Palmer at the back? Um, uh, there's so many players to pick from. That, that Jim, you mentioned last week, this squad is uh, the strongest it's been since County entered non-league. And um, I think that's an interesting comment. Um, would this team have beaten the team that got promoted? I think it'd be a very good game. I think it'd be a very close game. You know, when the likes of Adam Hamill um, hit full form, then yeah, we probably are the strongest. But at the moment, we're still waiting for that click. So um, it's I, I suppose on that, just to pick up on that, I suppose what he's looking at, he's looking at ten games ahead, fifteen games ahead, where we are after Christmas. You know, and consolidation we've always said has been, you know, is the watchword for this season. So I suppose he's thinking, you know, he's not thinking about Saturday and who I can get my best lads on the pitch. He's thinking, you know, this to serve me to get a decent place in this league at the end of the the season and and kick on. That's what he's thinking of in in terms of overall squad, I'd imagine. Yeah, uh, he completely is, and and I think 
Um, he takes a lot of face value. I, I met, um, so, sorry, he takes things a lot further than face value. When I was speaking to him last week, I mentioned that Ash Palmer had those ridiculous odds against Hartlepool to get the first goal. And then he did get the first goal and, 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 and a lot of people won a lot of money from it. Um, now, people are mentioning, I saw, I saw a lot of talk on Twitter and Facebook and stuff over over the week since the York defeat. People are saying, oh, some of the bookies are saying we're going to go down. And blah, blah. Well, these are the same bookies that had Ash Palmer, your big scoring <laughs> centre-half at 40 and 50 to 1 to get the first goal. So, yeah, OK, at high-level stuff, when you're talking about World Cups and Premier Leagues and stuff, yeah, the bookies are usually pretty well informed, but... I wouldn't read too much into, um, you know, the, the things that what they say about non-league football and who's going to go up and who's going to go down. Um, not twenty games into the season, um, so Jim, when he says that it's the strongest team in the division, uh, sorry, strongest team he's had since we've been in non-league. I can see his argument for it, and I can, and if he says that, he, listen, he wouldn't say it if he didn't believe it. He's very, very. Um, He's very precise with his words, very particular with his words. So I don't think he would have said that if he didn't believe it. That gives me cause for encouragement. And I think, yeah, so when we when we get that click of players going, when we get Hamill and Leesley and uh, Walker and Rodney, when we get them firing on all cylinders, potentially we're in for a real ride. So go on then. If it was the side that you wanted or that you would pick or blah, 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 who would you, who would you be keeping an eye on on Saturday? I thought I'd sidestepped it. <laughs> well, I think I think you have to look at who's who is, in my opinion, almost certain to start. And I would say Tom Walker is probably certain to start. I, I would never second guess the gaffer, but he's probably going to start. Um, the players, for me, if you look at the big boys, Barcelona and whoever, they've got a player like Leo Messi in the team. The tactics are often very simple. Get it to Leo. They can pass it around. They can dink it around. They can move. But if, when when you want something unlocking. Give it to him. Is Tom Walker Lionel Messi? No, I didn't say he was. But I think if the players have that mentality of he's a guy that can take a couple of people on, fire a shot off, get a cross in, find that through ball. He knows Devante Rodney well. He knows Jim Gannon well. Give him the ball. Give him the ball. If you're a defender and you get the ball, look for him. Give it him. Give it Give it him through a centre midfielder if you have to. Just get the ball to him. And I think the more that happens, the more we'll see him come to life and the more reason we have to believe he should be the one to watch this week. Well, Chris, it is a long trip to Dover, but as you've said, um, they're a very interesting side and how County will approach it. You know, Given that long trip and, and given where we are with the squad and given Jim's belief in the strength of the squad, it will be a very interesting game on Saturday. Don't forget, you can listen to full match commentary from Mr John Kieran and Mr Chris Ridgway on Imagine 104.9 FM this Saturday of Stockport County's trip to Dover Athletic. Chris, thanks. Thank you very much. 